global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Wall Street pulling back from all-time highs. The Nasdaq has started fluctuating between gains and losses. Lackluster data is offering little incentive for investors to push equities higher. A report today showed sales at U.S. retailers were little changed in July as Americans flocked to auto dealers at the expense of other merchants. Another report showed wholesale prices unexpectedly fell in July by the most in almost a year, a sign that inflation is likely to stay muted. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is down 35 points, two-tenths of a percent, at 18,578. S&P 500 down two points, a tenth of a percent, to 2,184. The Nasdaq is up nearly three points, trading at 52.30. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up a dollar ten a barrel, two and a half percent, at 44.59. Spot Gold down nine dollars eighty cents the ounce to 13.4020, and the 10-year Treasury is up 14.30 seconds with a yield of 1.51. That's the Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Matt Miller here filling in for Kathleen on this warm and muggy Friday in New York. I guess warm is the wrong word. Hot and muggy Friday in New York City alongside Pim Fox. We're going to talk to Hillary Kramer right now about another place that's very hot and muggy right now, but uh, filled with spectators whose pockets are overflowing with cash looking to buy everything they see. And that is Rio. It's winter. It's, it's winter, winter down there? in Rio de Janeiro. Well, it looks so hot. Okay, well, that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> they do the Summer Olympics in a place where it's winter? It is winter. All right, well, I believe you, Pim. Uh, you're more well-traveled than I am. Hillary Kramer, I'm sure, has been there as well, President and Chief Investment Officer at A&G Capital Group. Hillary, uh, when I think about Brazil, because I work here at Bloomberg, I think about the Ibo Vespa. It's killing it. The Real, unbelievable gains, probably the best gaining currency of any uh, in uh, on the Bloomberg terminal against uh, the U.S. dollar. But those have obviously nothing to do with the Olympics, those gains. Um, what about Brazilian stocks are up because of the Olympics? Well, the Brazilian travel stocks, of course. Now, gold, G-O-L, one of my one of my favorites, that's been a triple this year. That's the local regional airline. It's really the jet blue of Brazil. Uh, and you look at a company like Gold, not even a $400 million market cap, and there's a lot more to go. Companies like Gold, those small cap and mid cap Brazilian stocks were hurt so bad. And there is, Matt, an effect that takes place when you have Olympics. You know, just look at Greece in 2004. I mean, don't look at what happened after 2004. But, uh, you know, Olympics can shine a light and, um, and, and help illuminate some of the better buys and undervalued situations. So, the, but this 34% gain on the Ibo Vespa, you year to date. That's not an entirely an Olympic deal, right? No, no. I mean, you had a lot of factors that came together. You know, there were there was the worst corruption scandal probably um, you know, of the decade that took place in Brazil. That brought the market down. The commodities, you know, completely collapsed. You know, we were looking at oil potentially a few months ago going into the teens. Now we're now we're looking at fifty dollars a barrel, hopefully in the next few weeks and higher. And so that's helped obviously Petrobras, which has just been struggling, but Petrobras is now at its fifty two week high PBR. Um, you know, companies like Vale, V A L E, which I always used to like, has a ways to go. But you got to stick with those companies like uh, like like GOL. By the way, Pim, if you invested in Brazil at the beginning of the year, 
because you're investing in dollars, I assume, yes. uh, you'd be up 67%. Yes, because of the uh, the value of the real has, yes. uh, has right. increased. Right, that real is up 30%. You know, has some of the exporters worried, of course. But, uh, and, you know, we have to wait and see what happens with companies like Ember Air, ERJ, you know, always had been a popular one, but there's a glut of, uh, it's a glut of aircraft there out in the market, but even that one could come back around. Hillary, please tell us about Brock, B-R-A-Q. Now, this is an exchange-traded fund, and the reason I want you to just explain a little bit more is usually when you get an ETF, it's tied to an index, and because in Brazil, Petrobras is such a dominant market cap, uh, you don't necessarily get an even slice of the actual consumer market. Tell us about BRAQ. Well, Brock is a nice ETF to invest in a way to to get a taste of Brazil and have the exposure to Brazil without having the risk that takes place from investing in a particular some of these particular large caps that represent the the market. Uh, I've never really been a full-time you know advocate of just ETFs but in the case of Brazil in the case of going into um exposure and being a macro investor and trying to ride a wave like in the case of Brazil you want to be in and out of those ETFs it's a great way to do it what is it you don't like about ETFs well got to get you in a room with David Kotak <laughs> and just lock the door um, because I'm an equity analyst and I like to find value and opportunity in particular companies. And, you know, and it's really about the inefficiencies that take place with particular companies. And, and I like the valuation of a, of, of one company versus another. Like, for example, um, like Flower Foods, nothing to do with Brazil, FLO. Right, Flower Flowers Food, Food, Thomasville, Georgia. <laughs> we were talking about it earlier because I was following it yesterday. Stock tanked. Right. Yesterday, they make uh, tasty cake products as well as Wonder Bread Wonder and a bread. variety of other baked goods. Right, and they're in the natural bread market. Well, you look at a company like that. You know, they low they lower guidance from a buck five to to a dollar, even though they're going to do a dollar twenty in cash flow. We're looking at this company really carefully, and you say, okay, here's opportunity. Whereas if I were just to do an ETF in consumer and consumer foods. You know, you run the risk of not being able to pick up those opportunities. I mean, equity investing, stock in stock investing, on one hand, yes, it's about long-term um, wealth and growth. But at the same time, there's something really fun about identifying opportunities out there and getting in them early. Can I just ask you like a, a strategic question? Because I understand we always talk about diversify portfolios and so on. But is it possible that the way to really look at things is you're looking and waiting for that one opportunity in your lifetime and just managing your losses because if you get it not necessarily right but if something pans out that's when you can make great wealth as long as you're very disciplined about managing losses this is true pim it's true but any time that you invest for that big hit for that home run it just never works out that way well, I, don't, I don't mean investing for the home run but in other words that is what would happen yes. if you're disciplined. Right. Discipline, with discipline investing, um, going the distance and waiting for that big hit to happen, whether it be buying Apple in 1997 you know, and being up 10,000%. And I think that's what you're referring to. But, of course, it's also timing it right. You know, well, we all wish we could have bought everything in 2009. 
Yes, they, they didn't ring a bell there. March uh, 9th. Uh, uh, March, <laughs> yes, yes. 666, yes. FLO is uh, Flowers Foods, uh, dividend 4.3%. You think the, the dividend's covered? Oh, yeah, I think I think it's fine. I think it's fine because they have the cash flow. Um, they can cover it next year. You know, the, the, the guidance is still strong enough. Tell me about Omnicom. That's another one you want to talk Look, about. I'd undervalued lo- growth. Uh, undervalued growth. OMC, you still have a dividend yield here of 2.6%. Public relations, advertising agency. Um, you know, it's really pretty cheap versus the others in the in its category. It sells at six times next year's earnings. Um, so it's selling less than the, the market multiple. I see opportunity there. I think it's a really nice, solid buy. And my favorite stock right now is Arista Networks, A-N-E-T, a $5 billion company that competes with Cisco. I think Cisco could buy them one day if Cisco stops suing them uh, because it's these programmable switches. And companies like um, like Amazon Web Services, they're using um, Arista's um, programmable switches. So I see some opportunities opportunity here. We're talking 37% sales growth. Like, who would ever miss $5 billion just stepping in and acquiring a company like this? So, Are you in- talking directly to Chuck Robbins? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, in any market, there's you gotta, always you opportunity. Tell, you got to yep. explain that. Come on. you got to tell Because oh, he's the CEO of Cisco, and right. it looks like you're, you're- – you're, exactly. you're advising him now via Bloomberg Radio. I'm sure he's listening, but. Well, once he get, you know, he still needs some more time there to, to get on his feet, you know, and maybe another year or two. Just a couple minutes left. I want to take it back to the Olympics. Um, Nike and Under Armour, uh, are the kind of companies that I think about possibly benefiting from the Olympics or Speedo or Arena. Um, what, what are the, some of the companies that could benefit, because none of those companies have done well this year. They're all down. I know. Under Armour, I think, could benefit. We could see some, we could see a lift there. I think Nike, Nike has run its course, you know, but, but we can still look historically, and I think it was a beautiful moment in 1996. The Olympics in Atlanta are what really created Nike and brought it into the forefront. So, so great brands can be created, um, from the right sponsorship. You know, Michael Phelps, for example, we have Nike, we have Under Armour. You know, he's limited in how much he can show of Under Armour, but there is value that can be found. And many of these companies have, have found a way to associate themselves, um, nicely. I wonder if Kellogg's has gone back to him. You know, they dropped him when he was caught smoking pot. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, a, isn't that an amazing turnaround story? I gotta say, everybody feels good about, about Michael Phelps. It shows you really well, can I, come back. I guess- no matter how many times goals. you get arrested for drunk driving, if you win gold medals for America, we love you, right? <laughs> if you can come back, if you can be the underdog and show that you can win, we love you. Michael Phelps, he's got a total of 26 medals. Wow. Yeah. Oh, amazing, 26. amazing competitor. 26. You have 27, don't you, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Hillary Kramer, President, Chief Investment Officer, A&G Capital Group. You're listening to Taking Stock. We'll take you through to the close. This is Bloomberg. It is.